1: Harrison Champ. Thank, Thank you for being with us. Thank
2: you for having me. It's a privilege and an honor.
3: My voice is a little worn out from the other podcast we just got done. So this one will come out after that. But guys, uh, before we get going, don't forget to check out Canuba. We just we support them. They support us. So we'd like to give them a shout out. And then a Heavy Shot for those guys helping us out with ammo this year. And we're Doing, we got some deals in the work with them. So we'll put that out later on the podcast. But, anyways, we, we want to talk about today. I was going to title this. So you guys are going to see the right title. I um, was going to title, title this How Millennials Are Changing Duck Hunting. But me and Thomas <gasps> realized that <laughs> we, he's on the edge of the millennial. I'm at the almost the beginning of the millennial. Travis, you're a Generation X,
4: which is scary. Oh, man. Because I don't feel. That's don't scary feel for you. Old, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, three years from 50, it's like, how did you get here so fast? So you guys try <laughs> cher- get a- the mic. Cher- age is just, just a adjust your season. Age is adjust just it where you're number. comfortable. All right. Enjoy and the seasons, fellas. There we go. No matter what age you are. All enjoy right. it. So, but uh,
3: Harrison is a Generation Z.
2: Save the best for last, no? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so
3: <laughs> we're going to, I guess, that'll be how Generation Z know how you would word that, or changing that kind of... Thing. So, millennials, we're all kind of in... Thomas is, what, you're 27? Mm-hmm. And you're 19, Harrison. Yeah. Travis, 47? 47, 47. And I'm 36, so... So, like so grandpa, we guys, this is good, good, we almost
4: a, ten, ten, uh, a decade of yeah. difference between
3: all of us here. Uh-huh. Opinions and thoughts. Wow. and Yeah. It'll be good, I, I was looking forward <laughs> to doing this, and I'm glad everybody could be here for this one. But we want to start out, and mainly we're asking... Um, Harrison, for his viewpoint, um, not to put you on the spot or embarrass you, Harrison, but like I think for your age, you're pretty, uh, you're a hard worker, but you're also um, kind of a little bit above your years. I know we've talked about that and your teachers kind of told you that too. And yeah, I've kinda, always
2: been referred to as an old soul. Yeah. Up. And
3: yeah. you hang out with older people right. than you most right. of the time. Yeah. So, but either regardless, your age is what you are. And you're in that bracket. So we want to find some things out and let other people know they're listening, older people, you know, that, you know, the the generation coming up is there is a lot of good people. You know, we get even even my age still, even being 36 and Tom's 27, still think, you know, that's this group of guys that uh, just care about stupid, crazy pictures and doing dumb stuff like right. that. And it's not it's I mean, there is people out there like that, but that's not what we're about. So, first off, we want to get kind of your opinion and then we'll all conversate about it. First off, would be etiquette. Like, what's your idea of etiquette as a 19 year old guy when you're out there in the duck blind or in the marsh?
2: Well, one of the biggest issues I see is a lot of these younger guys, when I say younger guys, my age, Mm -hmm. they don't so much respect the older guys that are out there. They Mm -hmm. refer to them as the old, you know, the old grumpy guys that, you know, has his pond and whatnot. But they don't understand the fact that they've spent the you know twenty plus years learning every you know every pond in the Central Valley uh-huh. to you know to to hunt the way they do, and the, and they don't understand that they just see how they shoot birds and they want to shoot birds like them, uh-huh. and they don't respect they don't respect that at all. Which I see that a lot actually out there, you know either pushing in on guys or you know falling into their spots or trying to beat them to it, you know fall you know following them you know a previous weekend and then trying to beat them to their spot or. I mean, it is all public land, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you still have that etiquette of, you know, that they, they were there first and you know that they wanted to be there first, right? But, and then another big thing is working birds. You know, everyone sees pictures, they want to shoot ducks and they want to have that big picture of a five man limit, but they don't want to put the work in to get there and they don't want to do it the proper way. You know, they can burn through three boxes of shells a day when I think if you're hunting properly, you shouldn't never take more in a box mm-hmm. sometimes you know, yeah you know, sometimes for the I most mean that's part. what it should for, be. for the most part you it know what mean? Be. you know obviously we all have bad days right but we've all
3: shot more than one box but right. it should be we've all been there take less but but it's I it feel like
2: if you put in your time you find your spot and you work birds effectively and call ducks effectively <laughs> mm-hmm. you should be able to shoot a limited seven ducks in less than 25 shells mm-hmm. like no problem right you can go to the plug every time and still have four shells left over mm-hmm. you know so I think that's a big problem. A lot of guys, you know, my age, don't want to work birds. They don't want to call ducks. They don't want to learn how to call ducks. They just want to shoot birds and they sh- and
3: or shoot at them.
2: Shoot at them, right? Mm-hmm. And shooting people swing birds. You know, they don't even and <laughs> the sad just part talking is about this right? guy here. And the sad part is they don't even notice it. You know, they, oh, a duck came over me. You know, I, you know, I shot at it. Though. I had fair game to that. Well, they didn't pay attention to the fact that the guy, two hundred yards to the south of him, was working that bird for the mm-hmm. last two hours. You mm-hmm. know. Or working ducks for the last two hours, yeah, yeah. right? You know what I mean? They didn't even know he was there. Right. Or even if he did know he was there, he didn't take the time to realize that that bird had been working him. You can mm-hmm. hear him calling. Mm-hmm. That duck might have been making that, you know, 100-yard swing and coming back at him. Mm-hmm. But instead of letting that bird go to that guy that's been working for it and let him kill it in the decoys, he takes a shot at it, you know, at 50, 60 yards. Mm-hmm.
3: So yeah, that's that's the thing that's a big issue I see in mm-hmm. my generation. And you're only 19 and you're saying that. Right. From the standpoint of everybody, uh, you're the one that's causing all the problems. I know, right? You know? Yeah. You're sky-busting. <laughs> you're out there. That's, that's why I don't hunt with
2: anyone my age, honestly. There's and only... Well, there's who, only, who you hunt with does associate Right. And happens. That, that's also how I was taught. That's a big thing is passing on that proper etiquette down the line. I, my, my parents or my family never duck hunted, but um, a friend that I went to school with, her dad... You know he, he knew that I hunted, he, we, we were, you know I grew up in a small town, everyone knows everybody. He knew that I wanted to hunt. So he came up to me and I was going into fifth grade, I think, and said, "Hey, you want to go duck hunting this year?" So we, it was you know I was going back to school, so he took me dove hunting in September, and we shot doves a handful of times, and then he got me into duck hunting, and I've been broke ever since.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the truth. And you were how old, Travis, when you first started duck hunting? I started at nine. My uncle nine took me
4: out, okay. out at nine and hunted for
3: a few so years. How old, how old were you in fifth grade? About that. day? About now ten. You, 10. Sh- well, you started school when you're about Probably five. You're about nine because Vivian's eleven and she's going into six. So t- nine or 10, 10, ten or eleven, depending yeah. on your birthday, you know. Yeah. So about that same age. Right. Yeah. I was still uh, couldn't walk
2: in most of the ponds. Yeah. But yeah, and he, you know, he was an older guy. He was, I don't know. He was definitely probably in his 40s when, or early 40s when he, he, got, he got me got
1: <laughs> me Older it. guy in his 40s. Yeah. He and might not have been <laughs> that old,
4: Harrison. He might have seen that old. Trump. And the reason I say that is if he had a daughter your age, he you either started really late or you just thought he looked old. I mean, how, how old do I look? I, he's like, oh, you look like you're 80. I don't know. You got some gray hair. I do so have a lot like, of gray hair. That's yeah. <laughs> <so, it's laughs> <funny>. wisdom. <laughs> it's so funny
3: to hear someone say that like you. He said without even thinking. He was old. Yeah, like it's so crazy that Uh, he
1: said older guy. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. We're
3: just harassing him.
1: Older
2: than my generation. Yeah. (laughs) Older than the high school generation of hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he was. He always. That was a huge thing. He always taught me was calling ducks, working ducks, and shooting them in the decoys. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I and I always used to get aggravated. My first few times out, you know, I'd see birds. You want to shoot? Right. And you know, I didn't know any different the first few times out, and I'm glad that he was there to discipline me. I mean, obviously, I couldn't have hunted my, by myself that young anyhow. But I'm glad that someone like that was there you know, to discipline me and hold me back yeah, and teach me the correct what I believe is
3: the well, correct and way. And you know what? Things. In all reality, again, I'll, I'll say this. It started at home for you because if your parents wouldn't have taught you to have respect for your elders, right? I mean, it, like you said, he would have had the discipline. Maybe he right. said, hey, don't do that next time. Right. Whatever he said— you had enough respect taught at home that you don't, you don't, you listen to what he says even if you don't like it. Right, exactly. And then, you know, that
2: was that was a big thing. And mm-hmm. the way my parents are is, you know, when he picked me up to take me hunting, you know, they gave him permission and if, you know, I mess up, knock me in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it was that kind of deal. But. And
3: and that's good to hear though because even at your age, you're, there's you're people think that no one's disciplined anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. pretty much gone. It's still there. It's just few and far between. Right, and it's
2: hard. I think it's, I don't know, it's hard to tell. getting worse and worse as the generations go on. Mm-hmm. But maybe more so just those handful of people make it look worse. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Those handful of... Because those are the loud ones. A lot of Right, times exactly. That, those know? are the loud mouthy ones out there doing mm-hmm. the things we, you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So
3: Yeah. So on respect for the sport, I mean, what, what can you say about that? How would you define that on respect for the sport um, of
2: waterfowling? I think the biggest thing is, you know, not wanting... Obviously, we all want to shoot ducks. We all mm-hmm. want to harvest ducks. But the sport of actually hunting, you know, you still enjoy the days you went out there. and you It's st- not killing, it's right. hunting. Right, and you, uh-huh. you stomp 200 yards through the mud yeah. and drug all your gear out there, and you never yeah. even pull the trigger. Uh-huh. You know, you still enjoy those days. You still appreciate those days.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. And there's, I think that's... Especially looking back. Right. Sometimes I can't lie in the moment. You're just like... Oh, you're steaming mad. Yeah, and like win the world. Yeah. But looking back, you're like, I would rather be there right mm-hmm. now doing that right. than I would just be... Sitting here at work right, right. now. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah. no. And I think oh. it's very
4: complimentary that you realize what you're doing and appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Going out there, just being out there. Right. You know, it's not just about killing ducks for somebody his age because mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's a the perception they just go out there just to kill. You know, they have mm-hmm. like, they just want to shoot. They just right. want to kill stuff. Exactly. You know, and not enjoy nature and, and mm-hmm. what's out there. I mean, do I wanna do I wanna harvest ducks? Mm-hmm. Of course. Every time Probably. I go, that's that's the goal. That's why I yeah. go. <laughs> right. But there's so many things you see out there, um, you know. The scenery, different birds, you know, mm-hmm. different things that you're not going to see sitting at home on the couch um, and his generation is known for like, okay, video gamers, all this stuff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just about killing. Mm-hmm. And and to see that is not, you know, a priority for somebody his age is, is really something that I, that I compliment. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And honestly, that's one of the, my lead, I mean, we all obviously want to shoot decks. We enjoy shooting decks, mm-hmm. but I really enjoy seeing birds, working birds. Mm-hmm. Calling ducks. That's yeah. that's the joy of me, you know, setting your decoys, you know, hunt really hunting. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even since I was just 16 when I could start hunting by myself, I took, you know, a handful of kids from school or even took, you know, my sister, you know, five, six years older than me, took her friends out or whatever and just calling ducks. I never even touched my gun. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I had no problem going out there and never pulling the trigger. That was, mm-hmm. you know, the big joy for me was yeah. was ca- calling birds, yeah. watching them react to the colt you know Mm -hmm. turn into the decoys and then you know if they missed i mean so be it you know obviously you wanted to kill a duck but Mm -hmm. else you wouldn't be there yeah but that's the joy of it for me honestly Mm -hmm. and that's i think that's a huge respect for the sport is really the hunting aspect of it you know appreciating everything out there rather than just pulling the trigger
1: yeah it is there is a lot to it people think oh you just go out there and shoot a bird blah 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 it's like there's a lot more. To it than that, right, you know what I mean, yeah, not only is it location, but it's it's everything you're hunting, first of all, you don't you can't be seen, you know the calls, the sounds that you make to attract the birds, the way you lay out your decoys. How many or how few, you know, there's all these different things, weather conditions. Right. And there's so many
2: variables that change that every single Mm -hmm. day. Every single time. You can go to one spot and absolutely smoke them one way. And then the next weekend, you know, it it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Wind changes and and birds change throughout the year. Right. You know, either the Mm -hmm. variety, you know, the the species of bird or, you know, obviously we all know birds get educated throughout the year. Right. Severely, especially, you know, around here hunting public land. Mm Yeah. So really bad.
3: Definitely. Within, possibly within one hunt day. Oh, it could totally change oh, everything. 100
2: percent. Everyone knows that you know Sundays or even Saturday afternoons are not as good as Saturday mornings. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at the bird averages from Saturday to Sunday. It's probably like fifty percent. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. early, yeah. if yeah. not yeah. a third. Right. Mm-hmm. right. yeah. If, yeah. if not times. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They learn that
3: quick. Right. Yeah. So let's jump into another uh, topic. The, this is one that I, I think is kind of dying off now. Is the social media complaints and gripes. I'm not saying that people aren't still putting stupid stuff on social media, but I just think... I mean, I guess if you consider YouTube, like we have the YouTube channel, Mid-Valley Mercenaries. So that is considered a social media, but I'm talking more like Instagram, Facebook. Now there's TikToks, a huge right. one. So... Like, I'm not saying that people still won't put offensive stuff on there and kind of disrespecting the bird or the animal or whatever. I just don't think it's big of as as a spotlight because there was a window there. It was really bad. Right. Like, just people putting stupid stuff. But, like, what's your – I mean, what's your take on social media and some of the things that you can see on there? I mean, do you think, well, that's their own business. They can post what they want, which I feel like that's probably how you feel. Like, okay, yeah, that's stupid. You shouldn't do that. But – what's it my business well you know
2: I mean it and at some point it does become my business because it makes us look bad like mm-hmm. you're talking about it makes my gen- generation look bad yeah I get I get well duck hunters or any kind right. of hunter as even, a whole yeah. right exactly True. and even mm. worse so in the hunting world you know when I show up at a refuge and I you know I get out of my truck and they look at you like oh look at this you know you know, kid coming yep. out here. You instantly know. You're, oh, I you're, always stereotyped. 100%, looks. you're stereotyped. You're stereotyped 100 every yeah. time. You know, they're, oh look at like this. He doesn't about know what that. he's doing. Yeah, all the time. Really, I get those especially from like you know the really older guys. Huh? I never all even thought time. about that. Honestly, happens all the time. Have you had anything said to you before? Or people saying stuff. A handful of times. You know, you know, all you know when you go depending on what refuge you're at. If I you know if it's assigned blinds and I pick a blind and you know they will might say something as in Oh, you know, you you don't know how to hunt that blind, or you don't know anything about it. I've been hunting here for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't know that I've been hunting there for, you know, going on ten years, mm-hmm. and I, you know, know a lot of these refuges from the back of my hand by learning them mm-hmm. myself. That's another huge thing. In my generation, is they want to know everything. You know, they I get they phone calls want to work. all the time. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they, don't want to work. they don't want to put the work in. They don't want those days where you don't pull the trigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm where I've had so many days where I go out there and a lot of especially on you know free roam and you guys know just as well you go out there and you see where the birds are going mm-hmm. you see guys shooting them or you can hear them you know mm-hmm. or you know where they're going and you were in the wrong spot you mm-hmm. might have never pulled the trigger that day yeah. but you learn mm-hmm. yeah and you, you want to be next week. right and you know you know depending on the wind conditions that it's you know a different way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you put that you know, in your book of skills that you, <laughs> yeah, right? and it just keeps building over the years. Right? Literally, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. You're, learning,
4: you're learning by experience, not taking somebody else's, you know, yeah. Right, and the people get
2: offended when they call me. You know, they'll, they'll, I'll get a call. Hey, you know, how'd you do Saturday? Oh, you know, I did, you know, pretty well. Should I have hit, you know, a few mallards, blah blah blah. And then, oh, where'd you go? You know, I'll tell them the refuge. But and then, oh, where, where do you think I should go? Well, I mean, <laughs> you're like, I plan pay- on going back there. Really, and, right. You know what I'm saying? Is- I mean, I'm all for helping other people. Out. It yeah. really depends who it is, you know. Yeah. If you were to call me, you know, I'd, I'd tell you mm-hmm. because I know how you guys are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some kids, as that's happened before, some kids I go to school with that just started hunting and they just, right, like we were saying, just want to shoot stuff. Yeah. And they, oh, where do I go? I'm not going to tell them because I know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to blow that spot out and mm-hmm, they're not yeah. going to respect it and they're not, you know. Leave shells all over the place right. and this and that. And even just educating birds. Oh, yeah. Like we're talking about shooting and swing birds and everything. You know, you just educated that
3: bird. You know, times ten every time uh-huh. you shoot at it. Right. And that's that's a fine line there because that has always been the complaint from one side of the table is, why aren't you guys willing to help these people out? Like, well, we are helping out. We're putting out, uh, you know, putting out stuff about gear. You're putting out tactics and tips, right. and not that we we have it all figured out because we surely don't. We're li- we're literally gonna learn you're, every time we are Never want, not gonna know until we die. Right. Always. Always. Every. We every, might every get a little trip. better at it. Right. You know, like, okay, we won't mess up as bad, or we'll play this with the weather this way. We don't have this refuge when the wind's blowing this way. But then the other side is like, you, you why won't you help us out? You don't want to help the next generation. It's like you said, yes, we do. You're helping them by not telling them, I feel like.
4: Yes, yeah. because and then put, they make spend your time it. out there. The experience right. is the best teacher. And exactly.
2: Teach them the skills. How to, how to hunt. To scout. And then they hunt. can use those skills. You know, it's just. Tools in mm-hmm. their tool bag mm-hmm. to get the job done,
3: right? And that's the thing about what social media has done is it has taught people, not just in duck hunting, but me and my dad were talking about this. Was that on the podcast we were talking about that? How the way the internet is now, uh, Google, YouTube, um, just the web search that you can learn stuff. Guy that don't know anything about elk hunting or duck hunting can type in there, how to duck hunt. How to right. elk
2: hunt. And there's millions M- of videos.
3: Unlimited. You'll never be able to watch them all. Wh- when I Whereas was, before, right. my dad went out there talking about elk hunting, and he said I had no clue what I was doing. Right. There was nothing I could research. He goes, I just had to go out there and learn. You know? Yeah. I mean,
2: that that's how I partially learned to hunt. You know, not right like we were talking about, I don't learn. I didn't learn the spots that I go to, you know, on there. But you learn oh. the skills, you know, learning different decoy tactics and the wind and, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to hide. Especially learning how to blow a duck call, mm-hmm. you know, teaching yeah, yourself. That's what I was going to say,
4: mm-hmm. I mean, even as an older person, I would say, say older person compared to you, right? You know, things to learn how to duck call is by watching videos. Which was when mm-hmm. I was your age, none of that was available, right? I mean, you might find an old VHS tape of like some the guy, old
2: maybe Buck Gardner,
4: or, you know? Yeah, yeah, like some real old stuff. You know? Yeah, right, yeah. R-
3: the R&T stuff. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is, with you, when you're wanting to do something again, time spent. You practice all the time, not just okay, I'm showing up on the opening day, I'm gonna go out there and blow my call. That's <laughs> why I tried to tell guys, I'm like, yeah,
4: don't
3: I'm you're don't practice out here. It's, they're like, Oh, you just too serious about calling solo. And not necessarily. If you weren't willing to put the time in this whole summer and the whole off season to try to get better, to better yourself, right. Don't expect you to come out and hunt with me, not knowing how to blow the duck call and practice on opening day or in the dead December when birds are already smart anyways. Because that, that's that where I get t- you,
4: you know what I'm saying? When you first started, like, you know, so at times I wouldn't even, you like, did. Tell You don't even don't call. No, you wouldn't let me call. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even let you call. You wouldn't let me call. And but people get I, so offended by that. I've taken people. I know. And, they, you know, <laughs> they, they pull they really the call, mean.
2: and I'll, I'll literally tell them, you know, put it away. Like, right now. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, you know. No, put it away. Right. Right? I mean, and not only are you not helping yourself in that specific situation, you're educating birds again. Right, right, You know, when they learn the calls and they learn it, you know, that bad, you know, they obviously know it's fake. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're just educating them further and further
3: every single time. And what that would do to me, Travis, it didn't really make me mad at you. It, it, like, uh, I'm I sure it irritated you, though. Look well, it irritated me, but you know what it did? It put a drive in me to learn how to do it and get good. And I remember mm-hmm. the first time that you never said nothing. I was blowing it, and I was waiting for you to yell at me. <laughs> and you never said nothing. I was like, okay, I'm I'm getting better. And you know what? As long as... I've been duck hunting long, longer now. No, I'm not saying a long time, but I still practice through the whole off season. Blowing my the call calls are sitting in my center yeah. console my truck right exactly. now. Exactly that, and so when people get mad about, oh, why are you, you know, why are you not like you're too serious about it? You're blowing it, guys. I know good friends I know, and it's like, guys, listen, I don't think I'm better than you. I don't think you can't blow. I I don't think you can't be successful going out into the blind, blowing your own duck call your own way. I know they can. Right, but like if if you if we're hunting together. And you haven't spent no time and invested time getting good at something, then you know practice in the off season. Get better at it. It's not. It's not a, a black mark on you.
2: Right. You know? I probably go through. I blow layers calls, and I probably go through half a dozen of reads a year. You know, just in one call. Wearing them out. Right. And even during the summer, I'll probably blow out one or two reads. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like you are saying. You just practice one. Or, you know, and all the time. You're,
3: and you're a really good caller, by the way. I um, we. Had a really fun trip. If you guys listen to this, want to watch a, a pretty cool duck hunt, um, me and Harrison went to Nebraska with High Prairie Sportsman and had a really good time. But you were even doing kind of till calls with your mallard call. Right. And I've learned that a lot. I don't,
2: that's, I've found that pretty successful around here, especially yeah. in California.
3: Yeah. But mainly for a cinnamon
2: teal, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't have too many blue wings, but, right. a, you know, a hen cinnamon.
3: Yeah. No, and it sounds really good, but. And that's the thing is you put your time in, you're 19 years old, but you put your time in and you you want to learn. And um I think that we could roll right into that kind of brings in passion for it. Kind of get harassed with some of our buddies. Oh no, passion, I'm passionate. Right. It's like, well, it's just a term defining like something that you really like I get really excited. We get all get excited about talking about duck hunting because we actually really love it. When you genuinely care about it. Yeah. You know? So with, we almost overwrite each other talking about because that's how excited we are. But what would be – describe your passion for duck hunting, like how you would describe it, um, and why. Like,
4: what, I mean, what – Let what me interject- the, Tell me why you like that so much. Yeah. Like, it's
3: duck hunting. It's just a bird. I mean, right. what do you – Let don't- me
4: interject one thing. Is there a single day that passes by that you don't at least one time think about duck hunting? <laughs> because at my age, I, I think there's not a single day that I, at really? some point that I don't think about duck hunting. You're right. And, and probably um, – Every time you walk in your
1: garage you have bird mounts. So. Right. That's I walk, true. I walk
2: in my front door and I have six ducks in my living room. Now that I live by myself I can put them wherever I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. You know, I have one over the fridge, you know, one over the coffee table. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but I see ducks a lot at work too. So, especially this time of year, mm-hmm. you know, they're still in the watching, canals They're still paired up and yeah. you know laying eggs right now. Wheat mm-hmm. fields? Right. And and the corn and a lot of our lagoons and just you know, I, I see them all the time, so I think about it every day. Mm. I see honkers in the in the lagoon, and I think about it all the time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe it, though? I mean, like, why is it, What's in you? What caused that? That you like that so much? I mean, I I feel like you're. Pa- Do you feel like you're oh, passionate 100% about? One hundred percent. Back
2: oh. to the whole calling thing. That's the that's the biggest passion for myself. Is like you are talking about ter- learning the time to blow a call and not even blowing it. You know, we can all sit here and I can blow a full contest routine, mm-hmm. a full routine, but that that doesn't teach you truly how to call ducks just because you can blow the call and make those sounds does not mean you can call ducks right because you got to learn to read the birds and that yeah. takes a long you know when i first started i could call really really well i practiced every single day i could call really well when i was pr- probably 10 you know 10 to 12 years old mm-hmm. but i still couldn't call ducks i'd go out there and you don't know what to blow when you can't read the birds how they re- you know what how they're reacting to what you're blowing depending on you know your decoys and pulling a jerk cord and all mm-hmm. that so that, that's my biggest passion is learning to call ducks, work birds, and really trying to shoot them as close as you can. Mm-hmm. And as you you know and I, but all you guys know, I've been shooting a 20-gauge for the last – or sub-gauge for the last, you know, going on almost three seasons now. Intermittent. The
3: last two seasons,
2: solely just a 20-gauge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And then even – well, Didn't you buy another – I bought a 28-gauge. Right, but no br- – well, we'll come back to that. But the browning – You got a Browning Satori, I mean a Browning, yeah. Don't you have a Browning Satori?
2: Not a 20 gauge, no. I have. No, but your 12, what's your 12? My 12 was a Browning Maxis. Maxis. I bought it, which was the biggest mistake. Not that I don't, not that I don't like the gun. I love the gun. But because it's a 12? Right. Really? I mean, it's nice to have one because when we're shooting snow geese, I still shoot a 12. Mm -hmm. It's just more ethical. Mm -hmm. But I bought it and I shot it for like, I don't even, not even a season, half a season. Mm. And then just completely fell in love with the whole 20 gauge thing. Mm-hmm. My last junior hunt, I had, um, my, my, my hunting partner, we, we, you know, I hunt that, that club mm-hmm. and we had this whole thing. Oh, I wonder, I have my youth model 20 gauge pump that I had when my, that was my first shotgun. And I said, dude, I want to shoot one duck with this thing. I've never shot it at a duck. And it's a 24 inch barrel, you know, youth stock. So I brought it out there with, you know, I brought my 12 gauge also because I was, Oh, I'm going to shoot it a couple times. And this. First, you know, dozen wedging locked in the decoys, and, you know, I pulled up and bang, bang, doubled. Nice. And then, you know, six snow geese rolled in. We killed all six of them, and I tripled. With that 20? With a 20. I mean, just shot, a. you know, shot back then it was, you know, two sprig. Killed both my bulls, and I mean, just was hammering them. Mm. And the noise difference is unbelievable, and we've talked about this forever. Mm -hmm. It's especially when you're on a club where there's not so much shooting, but even on the refuge, you know, you you got birds working and, you know, in the afternoon birds will start working in and there'll be, you know, a few dozen birds around you, but that one commits, you shoot that one bird and those birds are blown out. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see another bird for another 45 minutes or an hour with a 20 gauge. I've noticed, you know, I shoot that bird and those other ducks that are, you know, 200 yards up there don't even notice at all. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's just, I don't know. It's more sportsman. Like I feel, Mm. I, I know that I can ethically shoot a 20-gauge probably, you know, I've shot snow geese up at 50 yards with it. I've shot a bull sprig at, you know, 45, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. I have before. I don't prefer to.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah.
2: And I know it's ethical to that distance, mm-hmm. but it does limit you to a certain factor, you know, and it's not even so much of killing them and people tell me, oh, it's not ethical, you know, you, you're you going to cripple birds. I don't believe so because, you know, you've done the pattern testing too. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, the ascent, you know, a 20-gauge, pattern is just the center of a 12 gauge pattern right you're putting yes, less yes. shot out there yeah. it's harder to hit them but i feel like when you hit them you i kill them just as good if not better mm-hmm. i feel like with my 20 gauge i shoot 10 times better 100 times better That's than you're do with more my Focus focused focused you think or just I, I, well the, the gun fits me better honestly but okay. I, it's there's zero recoil mm-hmm. right my ears don't hurt i do try to wear hand protection now mm-hmm. but you you don't even hear it go off i hear the bolt clack you know it doesn't hurt the dog's ears yeah. that's a big thing you know you see older dogs
3: you know 12 13 years Can't, old they're deaf. they're deaf mm-hmm. because they've had you know 12 gauge shells shot over their head mm-hmm. the whole life I worry about that with rocky too you know because right. I know there's a few times it's had to blow in his ears right i mean obviously we all try you try to be as careful as you yeah. can you don't want to shoot over the dog right. you
2: don't want to you know all that but it still happens it's gonna happen mm-hmm. eventually yeah but that was a big thing a couple of years ago i started shooting sub gauges and even two seasons ago opening day I shot a 410 over under and shot a limited ducks with it Nice. And, you know, people don't believe me, but when you have them feet down at 15 yards, you just got to be on them.
3: Well, here's the thing. This is what people don't understand. I just had a conversation a couple of days with somebody that were they were disagreeing with me. i was like, whatever. You can wound a butt duck just as good at 15 yards as you can at 40 yards. Right. You still have to be on them. And it's almost even
2: them. harder at a certain point because it, your it pattern's is. even tighter, yes. especially a 4'10". Even if you have a modified choke or an improved cylinder. Right. This, this over-under 4'10 is a fixed uh no it's fixed modified and improved modified okay so it's it's, but i mean at 30 yards actually at 30 yards it's as big as a soda can Mm -hmm. you know i mean there's only three eighths of an ounce of shot in it yeah there's there's nothing there it's a pinch of salt really yeah so i mean honestly i don't shoot that a lot that's what i shoot for pheasants that's all i shot for the last two years is for pheasants yeah but and then this past year i bought a 28 gauge and it's just really fun Mm, i don't shoot it every day you know my twenty gauge Benelli is my day in day out gun, mm. but I have that a prettier wood, you know, twenty eight gauge, and I love shooting it.
3: Oh, that was nice. I, it almost felt like a toy gun. It, was it, so it does.
2: Small. I mean, it's like it's crazy. Four pounds or something. I don't. Know I want to get that way. gun
3: actually. Wow. Next thought or topic worth work ethic. Um, we kind of talked about that a little bit at the beginning, talking about being able to work and get out there and pay your dues and stuff. But I mean, what what does that what does that mean to you? Work I
2: think it all starts, you know, really young, not even so much hunting. As in when I was, shoot, I don't even know, since I could walk, my dad's had me, you know, with him doing everything, working on the boat, working on the truck, anything and everything, mowing the lawn, you know. So I think that respect of work ethic comes from home, really, or being mm-hmm. younger or influenced by anybody, you know, really. But yeah. I think it starts not just hunting. So you have that respect of the work has to be done before you get your reward, you know. I was never handed anything, I was never allowed to have video games, never had a TV, any of that. So, you know, a lot of my friends called me crazy and my dad was, you know, not the nicest person in them or whatever. Or they they thought so. And even when I was that young, when I was younger, you know, through high school, I butted not well, probably right until high school, I butted heads with my dad a lot. Because it was, you know, always, oh, You know, my friends were out playing or whatever, and, you know, I'd be helping him work in the garage or, Mm -hmm. you know, welding on something or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we butted heads a lot about that. And even sometimes my mom would get in and tell him, you know, oh, you're being too hard on him. Uh But I appreciate it so much now, Mm -hmm. as in everything that he's taught me, you know. And going, going to the whole duck hunting thing, you know, it all applies from any work, really. You know, I had no problem putting the 100 pounds of gear on your back and marching through the mud. One of the the best stories that I have from that is we used to, the guy that got me into duck hunting, he was a, he was a, we were partners on a blind, not partners. There was like seven of us in on a floating blind on one of the lakes. Mm -hmm. And this particular lake, they drop water very rapidly Mm -hmm. with very little notice. So our blind that we set one week uh, was in sitting like 15 feet of water. We come back like 10 days later and it's like, three quarters of a mile from water on, <laughs> on a, mud, on a, on a mud flat. So, you know, we, you know, it was, so we shoved, you know, we're really, you know, hunting honkers at that point on the, that lake. So we shoved the boat up on the mud and, you know, we're carrying full bodies and shells and silhouettes and, you know, he, he was, you know, shotguns and your blind bag. So you got, and we were walking through mud up, you know, past your knee. It was the most mm. miserable thing ever. Mm. Literally three quarters of a mile, Mm. (laughs) and he—he was an older guy. I really thought he was going to have a heart attack. (laughs) If you ask him till this day, he said that's the closest he's been to nine, (laughs) and it it was just miserable. And it's—it was early season honker. Oh, you're yeah.
3: just sweating your tail right. It was you know oh, 95. It was like ninety degrees yeah. at you know <laughs> at four in the morning, right? Yeah, for the September, Literally. right? It's first week right. of September, so yeah. it's right. still smoking hot here.
2: Yeah, so it was horrible experience. We got out there and we had this new, this new guy with us that's never hunted before, even even more and thinking he's never going to hunt again. Even more green than me. Oh, and I you know I was still I don't even know eleven or twelve or whatever, and we got out there and we. Probably called it only five bunches of birds, and the guys next to us were just laying into them. We'd watch a group of ten honkers going, and all ten of them would die. Jeez. And this, we had a couple groups locked up, and that newer guy was shoving his barrel out of the blind mm-hmm. and moving the covers around and everything. So that was probably a you know a big experience that mm-hmm. you know taught work. Yeah. So yeah. we ne- never pulled the trigger that day at all. And we, you know, we probably put in like six hours of work for, for nothing, for three hours of hunting, you know, (laughs) yeah. But and that still applies to now, especially refuge hunting. You know, people give me trash all the time about walking, you know, three miles to go, you know, hunt.
3: Yeah, away from everybody. Right, and a a huge Mm -hmm. thing.
2: Even before I started duck hunting, my dad had me hunting. We we hunted dove a lot. He hunts upland a lot, and we hunted dove on the refuges. And then there's one by my house that they locked. Like one of the first gates, so to some of those fields in the back where we'd kill them really good, it's a two and a half mile bike ride one way. You know, that's riding a bike. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Yeah, uh, right. Still and we, take time. I
3: did that like every day after school hunting doves. That's crazy. She's gonna let this cat in. Do not. <laughs> She's got a cat coming in here, folks. That cat, unbelievable. Um, well, let's go. Let's. We'll kind of wrap it up here it might take a second but let's talk about we kind of did it at the beginning a little bit but your generation Uh, I mean what are most what do you see most people your age doing right now and I, and we're not trying to down them I mean I know there's a lot of good guys out there and good people out there even girls that are in duck hunting right. I, I feel like I see a lot more um, females and women into duck hunting now and I have no you know no issues They there's one up there up north we see a lot and she's She's a hard worker. She gets there early, and she hunts, and yeah. she's really smart about it. Actually, you've actually did a couple of her birds for her, haven't you? Yeah. So, I think no matter well,
4: what, what the perception is of the younger generation, they are the younger generation. They are the next generation. They are no matter, matter what you think. Hunters. No matter what your perception of them, yeah. they're the next generation that's going to be hunting. Yeah. And so
3: they, either help them out and be the example
4: or yeah. – uh, right. s- because they're here,
3: and they're here to stay. You
2: even those rough ones you see, you know, the ones that give us a bad rap on the refuge. You know, when the, I think when the older generation sees them, even when I see them, you know, I, I don't want to associate with them mm-hmm. at all because I'm not like that. But I think if the older generation were to try to, you know, help change that and show them the correct way, you know, obviously it's very frustrating, and none of us really want to deal with it or hunt around them. But maybe trying to influence them a little bit, you know, to teach them the correct way.
3: Or, you know, and how do you, from your perspective as 19 years old, how do you think someone like myself, 36 years old, could do that? I mean, they obviously got to have an open mind. You can't just walk up to Joe Blow. And, but I mean, there's been times that guys at Refuge, younger guys, have asked me stuff, and I'm like, yeah, trying to tell them what I can. I mean, I'm not sitting here, go this blind, because I don't even know myself. But it's like, you know, you're trying to like help them if they ask you. But like those guys that cause the issues or the problems, it's like, how can you help somebody like that you know? i think
2: you guys are doing a fantastic job now as in with the whole youtube thing you mm-hmm. know watching the correct people on youtube mm-hmm. there's some of those channels that i don't so much care for you know the younger guys that are doing crazy stuff but you know w- watching the youtube videos of you know you guys and doing it the ethical way mm-hmm. you know some people might say that you know we shoot too high or whatever well 40 yards is 40 yards is sky busting you know right i think 40 yards on a I obviously we don't want to shoot like that, you know, yeah. clearly the goal is to shoot him on the decoys. Mm. But if a bull sprigs locked up on that tough afternoon in November <laughs> at 40 yards, you know, he going <laughs> but if you, you know, I think if you can hit that bird eight out of 10 times, you know, then that's an ethical shot for you. Mm. Mm. Everyone's is different. You know, mm. if yeah. you don't do it a lot, then, you know, that that's different. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, just influencing them, I guess. I don't talking to them. I think there's
1: kind of a problem on both sides. I think there's right guys Uh, that's been hunting for a long time that are older and kind of crusty, and then there's some younger guys that want something, are looking for something fun or whatever to do, and they're getting into it or uh, however it works. They got a buddy or something this or that, and on the one part, I think a lot of times the younger guys don't want to ask the older guys, and the older guys don't really want to help the younger guys either right you understand and I think I
2: got lucky because not even just that guy that got me into it his whole friend group and different guys I started hunting with there was a lot of older guys that influenced me a lot Mm -hmm. and you know the older generation one of the guys that I hunted with that was one of okay the guy that got me into it his a couple of his very best friends is he's a state champion duck caller like he won state almost every single year and he went, he's gone back to Stuttgart and everything and they can hunt ducks. And I was lucky enough to be influenced by them, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. that that was also part of triggered the whole calling thing because hunting with him he's you know, state champion and has, you know, placed at nationals blowing a honker call and spec calls and, you know, really obviously a mallard call. So that hearing that, you know, when I first got into duck hunting and sitting there in the blind and hearing him, you know, hammer down on a honker call was just incredible. Yeah. Like unbelievable. You don't even, you know, undescribable really right I, i'll never be able to do that you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah that's pretty cool
1: i think though like if guys you know like you said it goes back to attitude if younger guys really wanted to learn or get better or whatever if you might run across some guys that won't help you out mm-hmm. at all but i right. think for a lot for of the times, most part if you if you did need some help and you wanted to ask some of the older guys i think if you did it the right way a lot of guys would help
2: exactly and that's the thing is don't you gotta be careful on painting a bad picture for yourself before asking for help. Right. Because if you're that kid yeah. in the pond over, you know, sky busting at birds and, you know. Screaming on like, the call that right. you never yeah. even know. What exactly. You're or, you know, they get bored during the day and they start shooting coots and leaving them in the toolies, you know, that mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, just reckless stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gonna you know, that's obviously gonna paint a pretty bad picture for mm-hmm. yourself and no one's ever gonna wanna help you. Yeah. Right. So if you're I feel like if you're just respectful and you know, mindful of those that older generation, I feel like you know, ninety percent of them are going to be willing to help you.
3: Right. And it's going to take, it's going to take everybody, not just us, you know, to do that. Because right. I, I actually feel bad. There's a lot of people that email a lot of times. you know, like they're not trying to be like get a spot. They're young guys, and they're legitimately like, I don't know how to duck hunt. You know, like, what do I? How do I go get a light? Like they want to hunt and they have no one to help them. Right, but yeah, I get that so much. It's like I can't do that. Like I can try to tell them what I can tell them, but I can't take all these new people. That's kind of an avenue that's happened with this channel. Is mm-hmm. I get that filtered a lot that way because I am trying to help. But it's like I almost get overwhelmed because I want to help them. I'm like, I don't, you know, I can't. Right, you can't individually help, dude. Them every I could spend hours doing emails with these people, like, and I want to legitimately help them, and I can't answer every, and I actually feel bad about it. But it's like what it's going to take. Like Thomas was talking is. Talking to people at the refuge that you're closest to. If that's where you hunt, you're just going to have to be- make friends the best yeah. you can. Another
2: huge thing that I didn't mention earlier is there's a lot of programs in California. Like California Waterfowl mm. has a ton of youth programs. You know, mm-hmm. the youth camps and summer camps, which mm-hmm. I'm actually supposed to help go to some of those. Even though they do women hunts and youth hunts, and I'm supposed to guide those this year. And they do calling seminars and stuff like that. So that's another huge opportunity. You know, if it's... Harder if you're a male and you know older than eighteen to mm-hmm. do that, but there for the younger guys, there's a lot of opportunity out there, and mm. it requires nothing. You know, you just sign up, and that's it. Mm. That's literally it. They'll, there's some of them they'll put you through the hunter safety and everything, which mm. is anyone can get a hunter safety, especially right, right now. Right, with the, with you can whole, do all do it online now. Right, everything with the whole COVID do thing happening right now. Is, yeah, it, it's all online. Wow. So if you know to the older guys, or the younger guys listening, you know, do that right now. I think. Mm-hmm. Get it you know get it pretty quick you don't have to go you, you can know, sit in your home on your right even you, and do if you it. can't drive no one has to mm-hmm. take you to go take the test mm-hmm. you can do it right now you can sign up for all those special hunts there's hundreds and hundreds of youth hunts for free in California mm-hmm. through DF you know DFW and I'm sure and if Cal you're Waterfall. listening in
3: some other state they're like that too I know they're like that oh I know I'm sure they definitely want to help the youth out for right. sure
2: Calif- we got lucky with California but I think with more so of the of effective public land that we have you know the uh managed public land and everything mm-hmm. and all the programs that DFW does is I've been I've been on tons and tons of DFW hunts like even growing up you can put in with you know with a group of people like mm-hmm. my dad and I would always put in but it's youth required or youth only there were some youth only where I could only shoot even you know dove hunts pheasant hunts they do you know deer deer hunts turkey and you know obviously waterfowl but you know just to get into it and be around the correct people. And get that influence of you know the whole sport of hunting mm-hmm. in general. I think that's a really good way to get into it.
3: That is actually I appreciate you bringing that up because I've actually I don't think I've ever mentioned that before. And it's all free. Yeah, Every it's intel, all free. I might free. even have to do a video on that because that is such a big question for the last couple of years. I get I don't really say nothing about it, but that emails constantly like that. I'm like, man, what can what can I tell them? If there's nowhere around them to help them out, but that's a great. Just all go to that right. website and it's and then, literally. They will do it for you because they know you don't
2: know anything. And when you about apply it. for the hunts, you literally just you click on the hunts you want to apply for. Mm-hmm. You know, you can apply for a dozen hunts at a time. I've been drawn for you know dove hunts opening day a lot of times. A lot of the successful dove hunts I've been on are all are all public land, mm-hmm. and they're all drawn through DFW. Huh. So.
3: I think that website's dfw.gov, right? They can go check out. So I mean, yeah, and just or type any general Google search will. Yeah, and type your state in and youth hunts, or you know, because if you're, you know, people are listening all over the United States to this, even some out of country, just type that in and search it, and you'll be able to find your local, which you can go. And on
2: top of that, they do a lot of handicap hunts too. Yes. So I mean,
3: not only just and vet hunts. If you're a vet too, right? Exactly. Because here's the thing: there is older guys that want to get into it. There's guys in their twenties, thirties sometimes even 40s that haven't done it and want to get into it right and you know of course even you start get, like once you leave the window of like 10 to 14 where people actually really want to help you and you're older people are harder like, yeah it actually is harder for them but you could get into stuff like that Yeah, they too.
2: do they do a lot of those hunts women hunts and you know veteran hunts and all mm-hmm. that stuff so what were you what were you gonna say
3: travis you were gonna say something earlier you forgot.
2: <laughs> that's what happens
4: when you get older. You, that's get what your hairs hair. getting, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Generation X. We don't remember. <laughs> thing. <laughs> but
3: well, good yeah. thing you don't know how to, you still know how to identify
2: birds. One of the ladies that's in charge of uh, a lot of the work crew in the summer at the duck club that I'm getting friends with, she actually does a lot of that stuff with uh, cow waterfowl mm-hmm. and guiding the women hunts and everything. So I tried guiding before, you know, but they want you to be 21 to guide. But I've, I'm, Last year, I was supposed to go up and end up getting canceled, but this year I'm going to go up and do a lot of the, you know, calling, tu- you know, tutorials or oh, seminars. Nice. Yeah. Or they do, you know, bird cleaning. They do everything because a lot, you know, they take a lot of those, even the junior hunts and the junior camps they have, you know, it's people that have never even picked up a shotgun, have never, don't know anything, anything, anything That's at awesome. all. Zero. Mm. So I think That's that'll a be good pretty programs, cool. Man. Yeah. Maybe we can get together and do something. Yeah.
3: Like. That would be actually really awesome. Let me know.
2: Yeah, there's so many programs. They're always looking for volunteers and stuff too. Yeah. So even the, older guys are experienced people listening you know if you want to help out the younger generation look into some of that stuff yeah
3: cuz i mean we got to do our part to make that better if we, we can't sit around and complain about it and then right. not involve ourselves
2: i am talking like as if i'm really 45. old yeah. right but even when <laughs> i was just 16 i have you know i have an english pointer and i i went and ran my dog for the junior hunts all the time for pheasants that'd be a blast all the time mm-hmm. I, you know i've talked we've talked about you know getting rocky out there and mm-hmm. stuff but I've you know even not even through DFW, there's a couple organizations that you know, like one of them is Stockton Sportsman's Club. Mm. That's any junior hunt's free. Mm. I
3: didn't know that. Any
2: well. on Saturday, Sunday, any any day of the week actually, but Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday are plant days. So I grew up hunting there a lot too. So if anyone around here, yeah, I know. know that. So
3: we could take him out there, right. and I could take Rocky out there just yeah. for training, and they let the kids shoot any junior's hunt is for it, free. Okay, so this year it changed in California to sixteen. It changed back? Yes.
2: I didn't know that.
4: Yeah, my daughter, she's 16. So
2: what, four years ago they changed it to 18? Yes. yeah. And then now they're going back to 16? Yes. Yeah. Because I didn't... remember I barely made it, and yeah. I was able to- So did Talon.
4: Yeah. Talon tell, tell was able or to- Or three years ago, or whatever it was. Until he was
2: 18. Yeah. Actually, no, I wasn't. I, I got cut off at sixteen. I forgot. I barely. No,
4: it. you were the group
3: that was sixteen. The next year they changed it back to eighteen. Right. So I missed it. Yeah. So yeah. I had an
2: adult license when I was seventeen. Yeah. My daughter's
4: sixteen and she had to buy an adult license. Right, actually, when I was sixteen, oh, you already bought them. Yeah. As an dude. adult. that's yeah.
3: garbage. I don't. I, that's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. Yeah. Um. But anyways, all right. Well, I appreciate you coming down. You got a little bit of a drive to come down. You work? Do you work all day? Yeah. Yeah, so only,
2: only thirteen hours today. Oh, oh that's it. Lazy bomb. <laughs> this guy works like so, a
3: crazy maniac. But anyways, well thanks for coming on. And uh if you guys want to check out some YouTube videos of Duck Hunts, me and uh Harrison did a whole series in Nebraska with Hyperity Sportsman uh for early till season it was a blast. So it's there in the what would that be? Nineteen twenty playlist, Waterfell playlist if you want to check it out. And I'm sure you'll see him, hopefully, if I can ever get this guy to come around. Yeah. We need to go
2: fishing. We need to do some more fishing videos.
3: I'm ready, man. I'm waiting. I'm ready. I got the boat I don't got a boat anymore. I I got the boat done. Oh, did you? (laughs) I got the the (laughs) purple purple Cajuns gone. got the carpet
2: done and everything. We're ready to go. Nice.
3: Well, we'll, let's try to get on some hunts. You guys will see him on there, too. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.